You may be seated. That's it, right? That's it. That's it. One song and we're into this thing. Hey, by the time you're watching this, we've already celebrated Christmas. And um, so far, and I don't know if it's going to be this way by the time this airs, but Chance, my dog, has gotten way more presents than, than I have. And I, I don't know what we're going to need to do to correct that for next year. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. I took an arm full of presents home recently, and I walked in, and nine of them were for Chance, and I had one. Um, it was good. I loved the present, but man, Chance is racking up this Christmas. Anyway, next week, next week we're going to be back live, and we're doing a message called The Blessing. It's a, it's a one-off uh, message, and we're going to start a brand new series the following week. So January 3rd, 8.30.10.11.30 live, and we're going to do, and just to let you know, we did um, have over a 1,000 people for our Christmas services, so we, uh, yeah, live in the room. And our boy from Alaska was back. Shout out to my guy up in Alaska. He, he didn't make the 8.30 service last week, but he made the 10 o'clock, so he's in Alaska, right? Anyway, so um, I thought the best way to end the year is with a message that kind of summarizes 2020 in general. And so here's what I want everybody to know. If you're watching at home and you've got the kids uh, in the room, um, this sermon is PG-13. And it's not, it's not rated R, and it's definitely not NC-17, but it's, it's PG-13. So if you got the kids and you're thinking, man, I, you never know what Pastor P is going to say, I'm telling you, that thing that you think I might say, I'm about to say it. So you might, it might be a good time to push the pause button and, um, and get the kids reading their children's Bible, because what I'm about to talk about is not in the children's Bible anywhere. Until we should, we should do a second chance children's Bible. I think, um, I don't know if you'd let your kids read it. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was trying to think of a phrase that sums up 2020. It's the year that nobody saw coming. I mean, nobody. This time last year, if you would have told us we would, like, we would have experienced what we've experienced, nobody would have believed it. I mean, what? February, January, February, we started hearing about this thing called COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Now, when, they, when I'm, and I'm not making this up, when they first said coronavirus, I thought it had something to do with, with the beer. And I, I, I was like, oh, wow, well, maybe something, but it wasn't. It was this thing. And then when people first started talking about it on television, and this isn't, uh, um, th like, on both sides of the aisle, they were saying, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And then March, it became a bigger deal. And and I've never lived through a shutdown. I, I, when, when the president comes on the television and says, we're shutting down. Remember, originally it was for three weeks. And uh, yeah, that, yeah, three weeks to save the world. And it didn't last three weeks. And all of us have had to adjust in some way, shape, form. I used to make fun of people in airports with masks. Um, and now we have to wear one if we're going to go to the grocery store or wherever. Um, and it was to go through COVID-19 and experience that has been insane. And then right after that, um, I don't know if, it, like people have stopped talking about this, but does anybody remember the killer hornets that came over? And they were, I, I, I read about this because I'm like, killer hornets, what are they doing? And they're ripping the heads off of honeybees. That's what they were doing. I'm like, my God, who made these people mad? But they were, and, and so we had killer hornets. And then we had racial tension and riots like our country hasn't seen since the 1960s. 
And all of us are trying to figure out how to navigate that. And then the summer hit. And then the presidential election was so divisive. And it doesn't matter which side that you're on. Whatever side you were on, you hated the other side. And it, it got so di divisive and so contentious that I don't know about you, but I would stand on stage and preach that God is in control, and I would go home and turn on the TV, and I'd go, is he? Um, I didn't know. And so I was trying to think of a phrase that really summed up 2000. And 20, and the only phrase I could come up with as I look back over the year is all of us at some point had to be scratching our heads wondering, what the, what the hell? <laughs> like, now I know, I know for a fact this right here is going to be a screenshot and then look what Pastor P's doing now. But like anybody, anybody who's honest had... Thought, or maybe you thought, heck, because you're, you're godlier than me, which, let's be honest, it's not that much of an achievement. But this is what we thought. And the reason I thought this on several occasions is it felt like hell had crashed into us. Now, here's what's crazy. I'm not even talking about what's going on in our personal lives. This is something that's affecting all of us. Um, two weeks ago... On a Friday morning, I finished my run, and I came into my house, picked up my phone. I had missed several phone calls and had 18 text messages. Now, in my line of work as a pastor, that's never good unless, <laughs> unless we got a staff group text going on, and y'all don't want to know about those. But anyway, I, I, I look, and within 10 minutes, within 10 minutes, I found out that a friend of mine that had been clean for 17 years relapsed and was using again. Right after that, I found out that another guy that had been clean for two years overdosed and died the night before. Two minutes after I got that text, I had another guy text me and say, did you hear about so-and-so, a guy that I used to be really good friends with, knew him very well, 40 years old, comes home, tells his wife, I'm sleepy, I'm going to go lay down, and never woke up. And I'm like, well, what the hell? Is, what? So, so I think one of the things that gets lost in all of this is we look at the tragedies that are taking place on TV, and we lose sight of the tragedy that each one of us has had to deal with this year. Every single person watching this message, every single person in this room watching online, you've had your own what-the-hell moment this year, something personal. Maybe it was something personal with your health. Maybe a friend or a family member passed away. But 2020, this isn't the year. This isn't the year I thought it was going to be in so many ways. But as a follower of Jesus, I personally don't want to live my life this way. Now, I'm always going to have questions. I've heard people say, you shouldn't question God. Well, newsflash, he already knew you were going to ask a question before he even created you. So it's, it's okay. He can handle our questions. But for me, I don't want to live 
this life, lifestyle, I want to us to be able to go from what the hell to it as well. Amen. Like, that's, that's where I want to live. This is me personally. This is where I want to live. This is where I want you to live. This is where all of us should want to live. But how do we get there? How, how do we get to this place right here? Now, of course, in preparation for the Christmas season, one of the things I do is I go read the Christmas story in Matthew and in Luke. Mark and John just skipped the whole thing. They were like, you know what? Matthew and Luke's got it. We're just going to go straight in. But Matthew and Luke write about the Christmas story. And I, I, I got stuck on what the angels told the shepherds when they were announcing the birth of Jesus. And this went, here's the reason I got stuck. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. Oh, my God. Could you use some peace? I mean, just some, I mean, just some personal peace. I mean, just, some, just five minutes of quiet, like peace. And that's something that we all want and we all desire. Okay, so how do I get it? Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Oh, well, that must be it. I missed out on the favor because I have no peace. And I know you've probably felt like that too. It's like when God was handing out favor. He didn't hand it to me because I've got no peace because nothing around me is peaceful and nothing inside of me is peaceful. And then I started looking a little bit more into this word right here, favor. And, and favor can also be translated grace. Well, then it changed because we, we are all recipients of God's grace. And some people would argue and say, well, I'm not sure that I live um, under the grace of God. And I would just ask, did you sleep indoors last night? Did, did you miss any meals this, this week? I mean, did you, did you, your, your biggest problem was you didn't like the Christmas presents that you got. I mean, we, 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 we have all experienced God's grace. And it's easy for me, and I know it's easy for you, um, to lose sight of that sometimes. So how do we get peace? I mean, how do we get real, lasting peace in the middle of the circumstances that are going on, that, that we're out of control. How do we get to the place of peace? I started doing some thinking about this and looking into it, and I found a phrase. And at first, I liked it. But the more I looked at it, I didn't like it at all. Now, I mentioned this probably six or seven months ago, but I want to really dive into this. I'm going to put a statement on the screen. But don't say amen, because the statement I'm about to show you is not true. I wish it were, because it would solve a lot of problems. But the statement I'm about to show you is not true. It sounds true. If you're a Christian, you want it to be true. But it's not true. And it's this statement. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Mm. Now, see, some of y'all are like, but that's true. Is it? I feel some tension in the room. I can feel some tension online right now. So, I mean, some of y'all are like, okay, you almost lost me at what the hell, and now you've really lost me. This is actually worse. 
Now, I wish this was true. I wish this were true, but it's, it's not true, and I'm about to prove it to you in a story that appears in three out of the four Gospels, and it's a story written, we find it in the book of Mark. Now, Mark got all of his information from Peter, who was an eyewitness account, and this is what Mark says happened during a very famous thing that happened in the ministry and the life of Jesus, okay? And this is why I believe this is not true, but I believe there is a way to find peace. Here, here we go. Here we go. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, pause, if anybody was ever close to Jesus, it was the disciples, right? Can we agree? Matthew, Mark, Peter, you know, Mark, I mean, okay, Mark wasn't a disciple. There, there's my Bible knowledge right there. He, he got his, but, but Peter, James, John, um, Thaddeus, I mean, he never gets it, but I love his name. Anyway, all the disciples, if anybody knew Jesus, it was these guys. I mean, we read about Jesus, they, they experienced Jesus. We read about his words, they heard his words. They got to hear Jesus say things that we have never even been privy to. They got to see Jesus do things that we've never seen happen. And so if anybody on the planet should have peace in their life, it was the disciples. And they were with Jesus because Mark tells us, let's cross the other side of the lake. So they, they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. And those are the annoying people that just can't get, can't get rid of the conversation. Hey, hey, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. So, so, I just want to pause here and say, when you're in a boat with someone, like, you're trapped. That's why, you know, somebody goes, hey, you, you want to go out on the boat? Uh, I don't know if I love you that much. <laughs> Have you ever been on a boat with somebody and you get in an argument? Where do you go? You, you go for a swim or you go to the, but if you go to the back of the boat, you're still there, the, the, you're still with each other, right? I used to have a boat. There's two great days when you get the boat and when you get rid of the boat. That's the, that, those are two great days. But they're in the boat with Jesus. So real simple question for all of us. Are they in the presence of Jesus? Yes or no? Okay. Do, do these men love Jesus, yes or no? Yes. Do these men, un, I mean, do they hear the words of Jesus on a consistent basis, yes or no? Yes. Yeah, okay, great. We're all on the same page. But soon, a fierce storm, Mark, Mark doesn't say storm, because storm wouldn't have done it justice. He had to throw the word fierce storm. <laughs> we could insert 2020, but soon 2020 happened. Soon a, soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. And so did their pants, right? I mean, that, Mark didn't put that in. I just threw that in. But can you imagine? Like, I travel with people sometimes, and when I'm on an airplane, turbulence does not bother me. It, it kind of relaxes me a little bit, to be honest with you. I'm like, oh, man, kind of rocking me a little bit, a little free massage. It freaks some people out. But I'm telling you right now, if I'm on a boat in the middle of the water and waves are crashing over, I'm freaking out. 
I love the song. It, it came out years ago. God, I will praise you in this storm. Yeah, not me. I'm not that godly. Have you ever met anybody that godly? Have you ever met anybody whose life is completely falling apart and you're like, how are you doing? I'm just going to praise God in this storm. No. We're going to do the same thing that the disciples did when they, because you would think if anybody was in the presence of Jesus, once again, were they with Jesus? Yes or no? Yeah. So they're in the presence of Jesus. So they should have been fine. They should have been, they should, they should have been, you know what? We have seen this before. Watch this. It's not what happened. That Jesus was sleeping. Oh, okay, thank you very much, Jesus. Thank you for sleeping in the middle of the storm. Have you ever felt like Jesus was sleeping in the middle of your storm? Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. <laughs> now, I've heard old-timey preachers before, and now I love these guys, but Sometimes they say stuff that I'm just like, uh-uh. Because I heard a guy say one time, you know Jesus. <laughs> was able to sleep. And the reason he was sleeping is because he knew his father was in control. Uh-uh. He was tired. <laughs> That's why you sleep. We forget that Jesus, fully God, fully man, right? Fully God. Fully man. He gets on the boat. He's trying to get rid of the people. All the other boats are coming. He's like, I'll take care of this, Dad. Throw that storm out because these people are getting. And so here's the storm, and everybody's freaking out, and, and the disciples freaking out, and they got to go wake Jesus up because he's sleeping. And watch what. Now, first of all, I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard, people that love Jesus don't experience storms. Then explain this. If you're, if you're having your quiet time and, and, and you're going to church and, and you tithe and you volunteer and you got a storm going on, well, there's some secret sin happening. Uh, not here. These, these guys, they, they, Jesus said, let's, let's go to the other side of the lake. And Jesus said, follow me. And they were like, Yes. They didn't know they were following him into a storm. Sometimes when we say yes to Jesus, we have to say yes to following him through the storm. I don't know anyone on the planet that's followed Jesus and hasn't gone through a storm. My life is always great. Well, yeah, you're on drugs. All right, that's why your life is always great. Once you come off of the drugs, your life ain't going to be so great. So they, 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 they woke Jesus up. And can you see, can you imagine waking Jesus up? Was he like something? Five more minutes, guys. Five more minutes. Just five more minutes. Just five more minutes. They woke Jesus up. They woke Jesus up. But before they woke him up, watch this. They woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? See, that's the, that's the question that we've all wondered, but we're too scared to ask sometimes. Hey, God, don't you care? Don't you care that I might lose my job? Don't you care about the cancer? Don't you care about the relationship issue? God, don't you, don't you care about me? And we're told when we ask questions like that, it makes God angry. 
because it makes us unspiritual. But it actually just confirms that we're human. The people closest to Jesus did not experience peace in the presence of Jesus. Had they experienced peace in the presence of Jesus, they don't scream, they don't cry, and they don't start asking questions like, don't you care? I'm just saying, if that's ever been you, if you've ever been in that situation, it does not mean you're not spiritual. It, it, it might mean you're closer to Jesus because it, at least they asked Jesus and just didn't bail out of the boat. Right? Don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, watch this, watch this, watch this. I love this. He rebuked the wind. He didn't rebuke the disciples. That, they ask one of the most intense questions you can ask another human being. Don't you care about me? Jesus didn't wake up and go, how could you ask me that? He didn't speak to the people. He spoke to the problem. He rebuked the wind. Have you, I've never seen anybody do that. Out in the middle of like a windy day. If you're with somebody and it's windy, you're like, God, this wind. And the, and, and the person just said, hey, knock it off. And the wind stopped. You'd be like, oh, snap. We need to go to the gas station, buy a lottery ticket. You got something on you. I mean, it, he, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, <laughs> he's talking to the waves. Silence. Be still. After a long time, no, that's not what it says, suddenly. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Peace. Peace. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, I can't prove this. But I think he said it with a smile on his face. I don't think he pointed his finger. Jesus wasn't a finger pointer. Why are you? I was like, I think he just kind of laughed a little bit, guys. <laughs> I mean, why are y'all freaking out? Didn't you have faith? And they're like, no, <laughs> no, we didn't have faith. We didn't. You know, Peter was like, I knew the whole time. I, I just knew it was going to be all right. And then the Bible says, then the disciples were terrified. Who is this man? They ask each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who is this man? We just saw something that we've never seen. We just saw a miracle. Who is this man? Do you know I've caught myself asking that question so many times when you seem like you're in an impossible situation and all of a sudden the impossible becomes a miracle and you're scratching your head and you're like, who is this man? Right. So how do we have peace? How do we know it is well? Because it's not just found in the presence of Jesus because they were in the presence of Jesus and still went through a storm. I think out of this text, we can see two things when it comes to the peace of God and having the peace of God in our lives. Number one, 
Peace came when he spoke. He spoke and peace happened. Now, let me tell you one of the prayers I pray daily for our church. I pray this every single day for Second Chance. And so far, so far, God has said yes to this prayer every single Sunday. I've never seen him not answer this prayer. And this is my prayer. God, I want our church to be a place where people experience your presence. There has not been one single Sunday we've had in this room where we did not experience the presence of God. God shows up and God shows out and it's unbelievable. But do you know that people can walk in and be in an environment where the presence of God is and we can walk out and be unchanged if we're not willing to hear his voice? One of the things I hope and pray, because I pray this for me, and it happens to me every weekend, every service, is, God, I want to be open. In fact, you want to see 2021, you want to see your spiritual walk go to the next level? Before you walk in these doors or before you log online, say, God, I want to be open to anything you want to say to me today. Like, if you're elbowing the person that you're with, that's not listening to the voice of God. That's you being a pain in the rear. God, I want you to speak to me. I want you to speak to my heart. And you know, he's going to do it in different ways. Sometimes he speaks through the worship. Sometimes he speaks through the message. But one of the things I know is the presence of God is always in this place. But if we walk in and we're not open to hearing his word, we'll walk out and still be as messed up as we were when we walked in because we're not open to hearing the voice of God. I'll tell you the word. Um, I've never done this. I've never done this. But the, God is speaking a word to me for 2021, for me and for Second Chance. And uh, it started about a month ago, and I wrote it down. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to write that down. And I wrote it down again, and I wrote it down again, and I wrote it down again. And the word that God has been speaking to me is more. Pray for more. Expect more. As, as a leader, Pastor Pete, you need, you need to, he don't call me that, but, but, but you need to do more. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Wasn't prepared for that one. And, and the reason I say that is because, because this is true. I had a friend of mine tell me this years ago, and it makes so much sense. When it comes to hearing God's word and God working in our life, we tend to underestimate what God's going to do. We tend to overestimate, I'm sorry, what God's going to do in the short term. But we underestimate what God's going to do in the long term. Case in point. Four years ago, Christmas 2016, I'm by myself in an apartment trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do with my life? Some of you have been there. And I, I just wanted, God, make it better. That, that's, a, that's a legit prayer quest, right? God, just make it better. If you would have told me in 2016 
hey, man, life sucks right now. But in four years, you're going to be a pastor again. You're going to be in a facility. You're going you're gonna to have outgrown it. A global pandemic's going to hit. But don't worry, because you're, you're going to make budget every week during that pandemic because people give, people are going to be faithful in their giving. And you're going to move into a facility that will blow your mind. I would have been like, you're crazy. But see, in that moment, I didn't have peace. But looking back, I mean, let me ask you this question. When's the last time? He was not faithful. He may not have done what we asked him to do. He just did something better. And so for me, I'm, 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 I'm asking God, what does that mean, God, more? And I would challenge you. I would challenge everybody watching this, um, this message. Ask God to give you a word for 2021. Can't have more. That's mine. I mean, you can. There's a limited number of words. But ask God to give you a word that you can focus on in 2021. Mine is more, and it's driving me in incredible ways. And, and, and when we walk into this place, let's walk in with a posture of, God, I am here to hear your voice. Because sometimes, sometimes, sometimes he will calm the storm, and sometimes he'll calm us in the middle of the storm. The second thing that happened is peace came as they recognized him. Like, they knew he could do some stuff. I mean, they, they'd seen the thing with the leper, and he didn't have leprosy anymore. They saw the th thing where somebody came up to him and said, hey, come to my house and heal my servant. He was like, I don't even need to go. He's healed. And somebody came back and said, it happened. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, that's what I said. It was going to happen. They'd seen him do some stuff, but when they saw him speak to the wind and the waves, and they asked that question, who is this man? Do you know they would ask that question for the next several years? They would ask that question when he was crucified, and they thought it was over. And then a few days later, he was having breakfast on the beach with them. Who is this man? Is there anything that he can't do? Is there anything that's impossible for him? No. If you're a Christian and Jesus lives in you, Jesus lives in me, Jesus lives in us, then if nothing was impossible for Jesus, nothing is impossible for us. It's us being willing to push the pause button and recognize he's greater than this problem. He's greater than this predicament. He's greater than this issue. He's greater than this situation. Who is this man? He is Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the one who can speak peace in the middle of a storm. He is the resurrected king. He is the one who nothing is impossible for. That's who he is. And when we hear his, we hear his voice and we recognize who he is, we can walk through any storm, no matter what's going on, and know in our core it is well. 
other people can freak out and scream, what the hell? And we can say, yeah, I've been there. It is well. Same situation, two different responses. Now, the disciples, they, they got pretty excited because afterwards Jesus said, all right, guys, I mean, y'all seen me do some stuff. I'm going to send y'all out to do some stuff. Y'all go two by two and, like, preach the gospel and heal the sick and do all that stuff. They went out, and, and Luke tells us that they saw a lot of success. I mean, they, they were, like, it was unreal, their results. And they came back, and they started telling Jesus about it. And this is what they said. They said, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Not our name. Your name. The name that is above all the names. Like, we, we heard you. We went out and just, we just mentioned your name, and demons are freaking out and screaming and, and jumping. I mean, it's crazy. And at this point in their ministry, they're, they're pretty excited, and I would be too. This is, what you call, this is what you call a good day. This is what you call a good day, and all of us have had those good days. All of us have had those spiritual highs, but Jesus does something. Jesus does something here that is totally unexpected, which is so like Jesus. He doesn't give them fist bumps and say, way to go, guys. I knew you could do it. He says this. Yeah, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Everybody thinks it was an epic battle. What an epic battle. God was like, what? <laughs> Done. <laughs> then he said this, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. How much power of the enemy? All. all. He didn't give us some power. He gave us all power over the enemy. There's peace in that. There's peace in that. And you will, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Pause. I haven't tried that. I take that as a metaphor. I'm, I'm no snakes at second chance. All right, we're not doing that. If you want, you need to go to West Virginia. Um, and nobody in West Virginia is going to get offended because they don't have the internet. So, so you need to go to West Virginia to see the snakes. All right, we're not breaking out. But, but this is strong language for this, for this time period. He said, nothing will injure you. But then, but then, but then, he circles back around and says, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Rejoice that at the end of the day, no matter whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the middle of the storm, it is well. I don't know where you are right now in life. I don't know how crazy, I, I don't know how crazy your world has been. I know the world has been crazy. But I thought the best way to end the year for our church is to focus on the fact that no matter what's going on around me, Jesus lives in me. And because he lives in me, it is well. It is well in my soul, in the deepest part of me. It is well. And I thought it'd be appropriate that before 
we gave any sort of invitation that we would sing together it as well so if you're watching right now and you're like this is kind of weird don't don't let it be weird turn your living room into a sanctuary turn your car into a sanctuary because understanding what we're about to sing about it might not change the world but it'll change our world so Jesus right now I just want to pray and ask for every single person watching right now who went through a storm this year went through several storms this year as soon as they log off of this service they're going to step into a storm God that over these next few moments that we would hear your voice we would hear you speak peace to us and over us so clearly and God that we would recognize the wind and the waves still know your name you still have authority you still have control and it really is well in our soul in Jesus name we pray amen let's sing this together Jesus I just want to thank you that no matter what's going on in this world or what's going on in our world that you still speak and you're still Jesus I pray for every single person watching this right now, Jesus, that we would just pause. And listen to you in this moment. Speak to us. That we would just pause to understand that you are the one that conquered death and you live inside of us which means we can walk through anything knowing that victory is on the other side Father I pray for every single person watching this that knows you would just in their heart say thank you that's the one thing I can count on when I can't count on anything else that it is well in my soul and if you're watching and you've never you don't have that you don't have that peace you don't have that hope you've never asked Jesus to come in your life all you got to do is invite him in right where you're sitting in your living room or your car or, or your office and you just want to ask Jesus to come into your life you can just pray right now and say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. If you're watching online and you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ, if you would do the hand raise emoji on Facebook or YouTube, or if you're watching on our website, if you'll do that, click the hand raise button. We just want to know if you prayed to receive Christ because we want to celebrate that with you as you start your spiritual journey. And I hope that you'll be here for January 3rd when we start the blessing because it's going to be a great way. And as we show up, we'll show up with an open heart saying, God, say anything you want to say, do anything you want to do.